Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is season six, episode four, for all of us, with Carrie Pulitzer. Carrie is a Portland-based jazz pianist, composer, and educator who studied jazz piano, improvisation, and composition at the New England Conservatory of Music. Her composition, Road's Rage, won third prize in the jazz category in the 2005 International Songwriting Competition. She's released six albums of music, including Blue and Blue, which featured saxophonist Donnie McCaslin and was termed a first-rate jazz outing by allaboutjazz.com. Over the past two years, she's hosted a driveway jazz series to offer a COVID-safe way for the Portland jazz community to still celebrate their local musicians. Their inclusive outdoor series features a variety of professional and student artists from many different subgenres, including modern jazz, vocal jazz, and world music. Some of her past acts there have included local legends, such as Jimmy from Pink Martini, and the Peruvian jazz group Incajan, and some of her aspiring student stars from Portland State University. And she has been able to compensate her artists for these performances, thanks to the support of some grant funding from our Regional Arts and Culture Council. I'm excited for you to hear more from her. Here's Carrie. I'm Carrie Pollitzer, and I am on the jazz faculty at Portland State University and the University of Portland. You know, I'm involved in a lot of different musical projects around the city, both with my own groups, and I've also worked with the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble. We moved here in 2011 uh, because my husband, George Colligan, got a job at Portland State University, and I'd never been to the West Coast before but I just, I decided that we would try it. And when we got here, we were really impressed by, you know, the diversity of the musical community. And also it seems like Portland really has a, a loyalty to, uh, to local artists, which is something that is really wonderful. So at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody, you know, we felt very isolated. This was way before the vaccine and a lot of the venues had closed, so we just didn't have any opportunities to play and we didn't have any opportunities to see other people because we weren't letting anybody inside our house. So I had the idea that I would purchase a battery powered amplifier and host a vocalist way at the other end of my driveway since we weren't supposed to be closer than six feet apart. So that that started, and then we started having occasional concerts, and then I thought, well, why don't we try to make a regular thing out of this? So it was it was so wonderful. People just started to stream in from all over the the neighborhood. Um, we started live streaming the series on Facebook. We had all different kinds of people and artists, and you know, different kinds of jazz, tango, you know, Afro-Peruvian jazz, Brazilian jazz, you know, many different kinds of subgenres. And people were just so appreciative. And then the second year, I was so incredibly grateful to partner with the Montevilla Jazz Festival to host the excellent Mel Brown group as our first concert, and then to receive a Make, Learn, Build grant from the Regional Arts and Cultural Council. I was so thrilled because now I could give every artist a guarantee, whereas before everyone had to be reliant on tips. 
which sometimes I felt bad about. I know that a lot of the audiences were super generous, but I kind of wanted to have a series that was just completely inclusive of, you know, all incomes and something that everyone can feel comfortable coming to watch, you know, even if you don't have the funds to pay for the cover, or maybe you have small children with you, or maybe you have your dog with you. You know, I just wanted to have a real community event that was open to everyone. And the Regional Arts and Culture Council made that possible by funding the artists. We wanted something that was equitable, inclusive, and accessible. Yeah, that's exactly what I, what my aim was. And, you know, the other great thing about it is that since it's not a traditional venue, people can kind of feel free to come and go and they can just feel totally comfortable. They can bring a blanket. People have brought picnics. They've brought their service animals or pets and babies. It's just a wonderful environment that everybody can feel included in. I've just partnered with the Lincoln Street United Methodist Church. When they saw that we were booking all this music, they so generously donated their venue and said, can you please book some concerts for our congregation? And so I just partnered with the PDX Events Action Table to fund that series in a you know really wonderful kind of an international series that will highlight music from Brazil, music from the Balkans, um, we have a really amazing um, Iraqi-American jazz composer coming down from Tacoma. You know, I really like to draw from the wonderful cultural diversity of this region in, in booking all of these concerts. I was just very touched when they decided to do that. So I guess I feel like, you know, the pandemic, yeah, we're kind of in a stage where we don't exactly know what's going on with it and what the future is. But we have built a community here that I think will... I get emails all the time. When are you going to start again? You know, people are really excited about just the prospect of being able to come back and hear some excellent music right in front of them. You know, people are, they're really, they really wanted to start again. They were, they really want it to happen. So I think it's something that we definitely are continuing with this year and hopefully for the future, because it's wonderful to have an accessible environment for a concert. A lot of people, for whatever reason, they don't, you know, they still don't feel comfortable in an indoor environment because of the pandemic, or they might not have the funds to, you know, pay $25, $50 for a concert and or they might have small children and the small children are not going to sit through a whole show. So we have a wonderful thing here where it's basically an hour that really lends itself to younger attention spans as well. I just like the idea of the all-inclusive concert. As somebody that is that has two boys and sometimes it can be very isolating having children because it precludes you from sometimes going out at night or, you know, taking advantage of, you know, some of the wonderful cultural programming that is here in the city. You can't really bring a seven-year-old who's going to run around or, <laughs> or a baby that's going to cry. So this is something that is open to everyone. I'm really excited right now because I am about to partner with the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble in releasing my seventh record, which is actually a tribute to a relative I lost during the pandemic and, and was not able to say goodbye to, except for <laughs> I attended her funeral via FaceTime because of the challenges of traveling during this time. So I'm dedicating an album to this beloved relative and, and I'm going to release it in October with the, the Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble, uh, the PJCE Records. And 
And I have it on good authority that we're going to be playing some of this music at the Montevilla Jazz Festival in August. So I am so you know grateful for the local support in Portland for original modern jazz. I feel glad that I can honor her memory in some way since I wasn't able to be there with her when she passed. I believe the release is October 26th, and then the Montevilla date is August 21st. Something that I see that I feel so positive about is the city's respect for the arts and the city's awareness of how important it is. I see that there are some new programs all the time, like the PDX Events Action Table and the Vibrant Spaces. It seems like Portland really understands the importance of the arts for building community, for creating a better city, for all of us, a better environment. And Portland has such a rich history of the arts. I mean, the Alberta Arts District, and there's just, there have always been so many wonderful cultural things going on here that seem almost out of proportion to the size of the city. So I feel like that's only continuing to grow and just make a better experience for all of us. This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Dominic Armstrong. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out anytime at futureprairie.com or on social media at Future Prairie. And you can see more about Carrie's work at drivewayjazz.com or on Instagram at drivewayjazz.com.